favorite Salt Lake City boy. Or wait, uh, what did that person call Rusnak? Salt Lake boy or something. Son of Salt Lake. Donovan Mitchell, our favorite son of Salt Lake. (laughs) I hate that. I do not. Son of a Salt Lake. Uh, Oh no, not like that. Like he was like, no, we can't criticize him. He is a son of Salt Lake. Is that the tweet that Albert's dad liked? Yeah. Uh, Pretty sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Pretty rough. Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode forty-nine of. Off the crossbar. I almost called it the news spectacular. That's actually the subtitle for this episode because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of news. It's basically an off-season episode, which Feels is nice. Great. Yeah, because yeah, we've got a big break now. Yep, uh, three weeks between games, right? So uh, enjoy the. I would say enjoy the time without us, but you know we're we'll be here. Mm-hmm. And joining us today is. I, dun, I dun, thought dun. you'd have. Thank you. Uh, why don't Why don't we have him introduce himself? You what might ty- recognize him from such classics as the Freddie Wires press conference recently. That's right. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what title Mike. he gives himself. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. I have a stand-up podcast, and that's what I'm best known for. That's not your title. That's just what you're known for. What's your title? I am the deputy editor of RSL Soapbox. My name is Lucas Muller. And uh, yeah. And you are the off the crossbar special correspondent. Special correspondent. That's oh. right. The only one here that like does actual work. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think he's <laughs> one of two. I think Matt does some work. I uh, think. I mean, okay. If I don't you want to write writes, what Matt does. Matt writes several articles a day, and I will write one a week. That's not very good. So. Yeah, but you also you take photos. You do the stand up episodes of the of the soapbox stand up. You do. Uh, you contribute to the breakfast episodes as well. You know, give yourself some credit. That, that's really kind of you to say. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. It's been a hard Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas just got complete. Wait, Matt. What is his name? Matt Thomas. I always forget his name. The <laughs> white Matt dude that comes off the bench for. No, he just got rejected. For, uh, for Memphis or for Utah? Oh, no, for the Jazz. And jazz do not have a player are, named Matt Thomas. We do have a guy named Matt Thomas. And that's it, not true. Come on. <laughs> we're Honestly. wrapping up the Jazz game while we watch because uh, we're famous multitaskers. You got. You got very much rejected right in his face it was really funny he, played, oh he does goodness. play for the jazz anyway we have a player on our team named matt thomas <laughs> yeah he's not he's not good um so yeah what's what's going on let's let's uh let's do a brief uh social hour matt i know you were very eager to tell us yours almost a little too early prematurely i know um i saw a lunar eclipse i think it was last week was it last week or was it two weeks ago <laughs> I think that might have been two weeks ago at this point. Oh, um, if so, I forgot to mention it last episode. And if not, then uh, you'll be pleased to know I woke up at a an Albert Rusnakian time of four thirty in the morning, <laughs> so that I could uh, see the the moon glow up weird red. Which uh, you put it that way, it doesn't sound very exciting, right? But it was it was cool. I'm glad I did it. What does it call that one? Uh, Super blood flower moon something or other. Yeah. Okay. 
they're the names are terrible. It was an, it was a lunar eclipse. Okay, it doesn't need another name. Wait, that was that was last week. It was last was Wednesday, I think. Oh yeah. So between episodes, so I've done my job correctly in bringing up something. Um, I also have been drinking a lot of these Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Major Melon. Oh, those are those are bad. <laughs> they are so good. Uh, so good. I don't know about that. In fact, how long was this drink in the military to get the title of Major Melon? <laughs> it was on the fast track. It uh, really excelled in ROTC as a teenager. So, I just watched Donovan Mitchell and uh, Dylan Brooks hug it out twice. So I think they're friends again. So I feel like I keep my desk pretty clean, but like right now I have literally oh, three LaCroix cans boy. of Lacroix. That reminds All me, I've got a quarter left. Got a tangerine sitting right here. Oh, how's tangerine? Probably it, just as bad as the rest of them, Matt. Oh, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor, don't you dare. It's it was it's uh it's good. Let me update it's the document good. really quick. I was gonna say something about how scolding Trevor, Trevor is leaving Skull the podcast Trevor. <laughs> for <laughs> his regressive LaCroix opinions. <laughs> regressive. <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. Okay, well, that's I. I'm glad uh, the the lunar eclipse took place. I saw it when I was driving. The reason why I remembered it was last week is because I saw it late uh, Wednesday night driving, um, just about 50 miles outside of Las Vegas, and it rose. It was in the sky, looking insanely cool, and I was like, "Wow, that's a cool looking moon we've got going here." So that was delightful. The reason. You might ask if I why I was going to Las Vegas is because I was going to Southern California. I was staying in the neighborhood close to where Deloy Hansen himself resides. I assume part of the maybe what maybe you never. Mean, you mean Logan? San Diego, no, right? Oceanside, California. Yeah, he we has could a, track his one. private plane and find out, but. He has some places in Oceanside. That, like, do you remember when RSL used to always train down there? Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I don't know if how much that related to him having that place there, but in any case, uh, he at least has a few. I've never seen him down there. I've always wanted to come across my, his presence. My uh, in-laws have a good friend that's like good friends with him and have stayed out there a couple times. Oh, really? Then it's Supposed in. Yeah, that neighborhood is really cool. My parents' friends have a place there. So, yeah, did that. Um, had a bunch of friends that were in town also for the, for the weekend. Uh, just had a good time eating really good food and hanging out at the beach and doing that type of thing. A couple that I'm friends with, their son, he turned three on Monday. So we had a little beach birthday party. It was great. Um yeah, it just it was a very solid time. I've watched some sports. I watched a little, in the evenings, maybe catch a little NBA game, maybe a little RSL game at the same time as the NBA game that contained the Utah Jazz. That was a really weird way of saying the Utah Jazz game. The NBA game that contained the Utah Jazz is what I said. <laughs> it took a long so, time, too. <laughs> yep. And then the explanation made it even better. So. That was good. Had a had a good time. Uh, Lucas, how about you? Let's get you in before Trevor. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I don't uh, want to make sorry, you feel Trevor. unwanted, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I get it. It's we've fine. had some some of our best friends um, moved to Oregon a couple of years ago, and they have been staying with us the last three or four nights, and it's been super fun to like 
That's a good time. Like we had a barbecue and people over, which is the first time we've done that, like in our new house and post COVID, well, post COVID vaccines for our friend group. It's it's been super fun. Um, Yeah. It's, it's weird to just all of a sudden kind of be back to socializing. Yeah. That's where we're at too. It's like doing like regular real things and it's, it's great. Even California was like, I think California's on their like, uh, rules around COVID are probably like about a month behind Utah. Like they still had masks for when you like are walking into a restaurant and when you're walking around or something, you're supposed to wear a mask, but when you're sitting down, you don't because, um, you're told to hold your breath for an hour each time you sit down at a restaurant. So I did do that. Smart. Um, it was great. Glad to see you survived that. Thank you, Trevor. What's been going on with you, man? Any, any new shenanigans with, uh, your daughter, you know, the normal stuff. Oh geez. Yeah. A lot of the normal stuff. Um, no, actually this past week, um, from let's see Thursday and Friday, I was home from work. And so I kind of stole myself a couple extra days for the weekend for Memorial day weekend, but it wasn't like for good stuff. Um, my stomach really hurt. I thought I was going to die and we did the math and I'm pretty sure it was just that I didn't like poop for like three days. So it was a big problem, but, um, we're all better now. Is that not normal? there? Well, no, that was abnormal. That does not happen to me. I'm usually a very healthy, healthy. How boy. did you pull that off? And, uh, I don't know. Um, I know that I went home from work on Wednesday and just my stomach was like hurting. I texted my boss and I was like, Hey, I'm in a lot of pain. I might not be there tomorrow. And I talked to my roommate about it and he was like, Oh, the pain you're describing. That's exactly the kind of pain that I felt right before my appendix blew up. And so I was like, Oh no, my appendix might blow up. This is going to be a big problem. Um, called the doctor and he was like, well, wait till the pain gets worse and then go to the ER because there's nothing that I'm going to do for you. Like here at the clinic, we need an ultrasound. And for that, you need to go to the ER. So if you want to wait a little bit, like give it a second, but if it starts getting really painful, then definitely go. And I fell asleep and woke up the next morning and it was still painful, but not like ER painful. So dealt with that for two and a half days, um, got over it. And then Memorial day weekend, we went golfing with a buddy of mine and his wife and then another friend's wife. And we went up to Wasatch Mountain State Park, which oh, is that place is cool, gorgeous golf course, gorgeous is place it super to go. Pretty right now too. Oh, so pretty! Yeah, like they've it's did, all it's like all a, very green, very yeah. They've really nice mid-summer. camping up there too. Wow, yeah, yeah. that's making me want to take a little little jaunt up to Midway. You know, yeah, do it. We could do a, a off the crossbar camping excursion. That sounds. I'd be totally down. Absolutely fantastic. Wow. Okay. Lucas, well, do you have uh, four tents we could use? Uh, four? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have, I literally own four, if not five tents. So, yes. Oh, well, there I we go. A, I have a lot of tents <laughs> over here as well. We could, we could even maybe do three tents per person, I think. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds good. I have one. So, Guy, was mom. that your mom in the background? It was. Yes. <laughs> Tell her hi. Lucas, Tell her I, said hi. I, don't, I don't know if you've been keeping track, but we've been, uh, I'm, before Carly and I move into a place in September that's being built right now, we are mm. living here in my parents. And 
my mom went mysteriously into that room and has not exited. What, what is that room? Because it's a storage room. Wow. She went to go get a 50 pound bag of flour because you've run out of flour. Your mom listens to the podcast, right? She I mean, does. She'll be listening to this interaction. Oh. Be a nice just treat. It's like a, it's a suspiciously long amount of time to spend in there. Cause I don't know. Well, a big um, room. Maybe while we're waiting, Kyle, are you wearing a, is that a Juventus jersey? I am. I'm wearing a Juventus shirt. It's a, it's a fan. It's, it's the family team. Uh, So my Italian family would be happy. It's a very old Juventus shirt. It is. I have newer ones. This is one of my, this is the only one I don't have in storage. I think currently I've got like a pink Buffon one. I've got just a bunch of other random ones. I do not notably have a, Cristiano Ronaldo jersey because I'm not a sucker. He says, is it, he, "Wait, is this a, I think this is a Del Piero jersey? jersey? Right? Oh, a Del Piero jersey. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I, I like this one. The rest of them are in storage, and I don't care about them. Once, like one time, Drake posted a picture of himself wearing the same pink one that I have, and then that got really expensive. And I really wish I would have sold it at the at the time. But anyway, we can let's go ahead and talk about the game while we wait for my mom to. Ooh, we do have one more announcement between social hour and the game. Okay. We do have one more. Trevor, do you want to read it? I can't read it with a straight face. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the announcement is, you may have already heard, uh, I am leaving the podcast uh, for my regressive LaCroix opinions. Um, but we do have another announcement post that announcement, and that is that Trevor is reinstated out of sympathy for his pooping situation. It's the it, we're we're recording our RSL podcast. Hello, she said hi. I don't know if you could hear that. She said you hello, friends. Do you want to come see the Holy Grail? Yes, oh, this is the Holy Grail. Hi. Here's Matt. Hello. Here's Lucas. We He's our special correspondent. Us, yeah. And there's and there's <laughs> Trevor. Trevor. Mm-hmm. Gosh, Matt, where are you recording? I'm in my office. <laughs> That's his office. She can hear me. That's that's yeah, she can't hear you. Home, she, op, home yeah. office. Yeah, home it's, office. A, it's a home office slash. That's, those are all of his games. Oh, those aren't well, even all of his games. They're just no, some of his games. games. I've heard Sorry. a little bit about the board games. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, love you guys. Love, love, love you too. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom okay. is very nice. She is. Huh? Allie just broke her foot. Oh, there's my. I have another social hour update. My sister broke her foot. <laughs> oh, that's, that's too bad. Uh, yeah. She's yep. That's too bad. She's also reinstated to the podcast out of sympathy for the foot situation. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, Minnesota. Right, huh? Minnesota. <laughs> oh boy, where so do we start happened? with this game? You guys were there, right? <sighs> yeah. yeah, three of us were there. Kyle, you were not. We missed you. That's right. Very dearly. I missed you guys very much. We, I think we all hoped you were having a good time. I could I be did. wrong. I, I did have it. a great time. I so. assume. My compatriots did too. <laughs> I don't know that I was actively hoping that Kyle had a good time. Probably more like passively, like, oh, I hope Kyle enjoys yeah, what he's totally. doing. But passively is, I mean, that's more than I would like even ask the for. Game so. going, man, I wish, I hope Kyle's having a good time. Yeah, I, Probably, I assumed I don't you were there, and then I, I remembered that you had said you were in California. Yep. Uh, I was hoping to, I mean, I was, if I could, you know, if I could be in two places at the same time, boy, I sure would have, you know, maybe if Rio Tinto would have gotten temporarily re- relocated to where I was to accommodate me, that would have been nice. But unfortunately, you know, there, no. 
There was one man that I think would have done it for you. Um, and who but was it that? wouldn't have been temporary. And I think we would have all been upset if Deloitte Hansen moved the team to San Diego. That would have been pretty funny. But I think there was <laughs> probably a really no of that for a while there. Yeah. I honestly think that's true. Honestly, just because I think he likes the weather there more. That's that's a very selfish reason to do it. But well, so we uh, tied. We tied this game. Uh, we sure did. We sure did. And we came out looking nice, came out looking strong and quick and got a nice goal off a set piece where uh, a little bit of trickery off the playground sort of where Aaron Herrera played a very nice pass into the box from a pretty long uh free kick uh, from far away from the goal and uh, Crylock finished it. We have this uh, partnership where we keep seeing these Herrera to Crylock goals. I like to see that. Um, and that was good. And then we kind of didn't do much for the rest of the game. I think, I think, yep. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Until like right at towards the end. And then, you know, Mac, <laughs> Mac McZath was in there and uh, he, um, didn't do super well. They had this really weird, uh, I believe it was from a free kick or was it? Yeah, it was from a free kick. Right. And he tried to punch the ball out. It like hit their attacker in some part of his body. And then it just like went in. He probably should have caught the ball. He easily seemed to have been able to catch that ball. He didn't. And then we tied one, one. And that was, that was all that we wrote together. Hmm. How, how, how do you guys feel about that? How do you guys feel about that game? I'm glad it Lucas. didn't go down as an own goal because I think when <laughs> it was first scored, it was listed as an own goal. Um, yep. Because his game with the Monarchs the week before, he had an own goal. Which is I, did he really? I didn't even like know that. A Marcelo Silva, but in goal where he has a decent performance and then has one or two moments that are just really terrible. And hurt the team. I also saw someone pregame talking about how they were happy that Achoa wasn't starting. And then that happened. And I was like, and Achoa didn't start, obviously, because he's with the national team. It wasn't because Zach McMath is uh, rising up the depth chart. <laughs> but it is interesting that he's over Putna, I guess. Actually, I have no idea. So I have no idea what the. Do you, do you guys prefer Putna or is there any difference there at all that's even notable? I think Putna had a slightly stronger 2020, but I mean, McMath has had the better overall career, but I don't And I he's don't, been playing with the Monarchs and Putna hasn't, right? So just, just one no, game, was, though. One game. Oh, okay. I, mean, I, I saw him playing that one game as like a warm up, yeah, knowing that clearly. he would go into it, like just to kind of get him into form. So, yeah, I think he's. Somebody's favorite. Um, he's not mine. That was a disappointment <laughs> to hear that he was going to play. And it was a disappointment to see him play. And the game was a disappointment. It was kind of a huge bummer. Yeah. yeah no, that, not great. That's not, sort of like, not uh, great all around. I just remember at the MLS's back tournament last year, watching Zach McMath get frozen in place multiple times by attacking players and just... It's, it was just so bad. Um, and and just, I mean, I get giving him another chance. I, I won't begrudge the coaching staff for playing him. Like, he's had a long enough career that I think you're right to point it out that, like, it's not unusual to play him. 
But uh, yeah. you know, no, if, but if we and there is a, miss Ochoa there is a again, new, like mm, there is a new goalkeeper coach, Nacho ah, something. I can't remember his last name. Um, but hopefully that brings something, you know, a fr- fresh perspective with who's something the positive backup, but better than our set pieces coach from last year or whatever. And Yacho Hernandez is his name. Yeah. Oh, I like the okay. name of Nacho. Um, yeah. And also might be notable in this game. Uh, we used, I think a single sub, right? And it was, yep. uh, for, did we use two? I think it was just one. I thought it was just, just Anderson. And Julio. Oh, no, it was. Yeah. It was just Miriam for Julio in like the 84th minute or whatever. I thought it was earlier than that. I thought it was like in the sixties. We could oh, it, probably, yeah, probably I mean, we could definitely but, look yeah. it up. We I used, just remember it not being like early enough at all. Like uh, I think Miram had like three touches or three times that he was like involved, including in the play. a really good shot. Right, that was forced a good save. I mm-hmm. thought it was two really good shots that forced. Oh yeah, it was yeah. too. So um, better than Justin Miram came the in combined. in the seventy first. Yeah. So okay. uh, we and we hadn't literally we had not done almost anything through the attack after we scored. I don't know how many touches Rubio Rabine had. Matt could probably tell us, but it was just yeah, like... give me one second. It was very... It was piddling. Aaron Herrera had a good game. He was deemed the man of the match, according to Fop Mob. Um, I almost wonder like, if that... Honestly, defensively, we had a... I, just, yeah. I almost wonder if that substitution is going to be read as... Uh, you know, the, the team didn't concede while Julio was on the field so they shouldn't have subbed at all i haven't seen anybody with that reaction and yeah to be honest that would be a really dumb reaction well we're seeing the coaching yeah i haven't seen either back the the amount of subs used so that's true we did see five and then two and now one Um, yeah and again we heard that same thing about how like who do you put in? Who are the difference makers? Who like does anyone who on this team would have changed any outcome? Like blah 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 blah. blah. Which one is funny because like if Aaron Herrera hadn't gotten hurt that one game, I doubt Andrew Brody gets subbed in, and he magically was just a difference maker. That apparently, if we would have said that before, I'm sure that would have gotten laughed off. Not that I would have known to say that. That's why I, what I don't even know. We don't see any of these guys playing any first team minutes ever, other than Chang and Douglas Martinez. But it's like, and like Ashton Morgan that one time. But so like how, how I don't know if there is a difference maker on the bench. Like why do we have these guys on the bench? It is and then I got into some discussions where it's like you know with those same people and it's like so these guys are not good enough to play first team minutes. Is that what I'm hearing? And the answer is kind of like yes. And I'm like so they're literally useless unless we have an injury. That's good to know that like our bench of made up is made up of players who cannot change the game at all. That's it. That's a. Uh, that's that's good information as long as that's that's the party line and that's what i'm hearing then um, yeah and i just i don't see how that is like an excuse or a justification or like not also totally worthy of criticism like if our bench players are so bad that they're not none of them are going to change a game in any meaningful way like mm-hmm. that sucks <laughs> that's very like top to bottom that's yeah. very bad yeah, that's not I, something that's that you get to be like. Oh no, it's okay mm-hmm. that we don't make subs because our players suck. Yeah, I don't actually believe that our subs aren't good enough. Um, I don't, I don't either. either. <laughs> like watching Andrew Brody come on, like for Aaron Herrera and 
like instantly make an impact. Like maybe he would have played the next game. Maybe we can't, can't really answer that. Yeah. But what I do know is like Michael Chang last year had six assists and one goal. Um, and you know, that's not like world beating, right? But from but for like a bench piece, games, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. He's a good player. Yeah. yeah. And, and to see him sit on the bench when we clearly need somebody to like help contribute to the attack. Like we saw what happened when Justin Miram came on, right? Give him 10 yep. more minutes of play. Maybe he finds a goal. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, good saves, all that. Um, Oh man, it just uh, and yet again came uh, on for Anderson Julio and not maybe someone who else plays who also plays on the wing who might have been doing even less. Um, yeah, uh, some numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh boy, tight. Excuse, sorry. That's all right. All right, so uh, <laughs> we know that what Trevor's got now. A case of the sniffles. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Got him. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Ruby Ravine had just twenty-three touches all game. I think that's pretty well an indictment of of how we played going forward. Yep. How um, many touches did the team have? Because I feel like we had possession a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, we actually conceded possession to Minnesota United, though. It was really like six hundred forty-six. Yeah, forty-seven point five to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't watching the game very well, but it seemed like we had, or maybe that's, maybe that, I mean, obviously that's right, but there was just a lot of meaningful possession or meaningless possession both ways. Like we, I don't know that we pulled up heat maps and did that heat map thing again, where it was like Justin and and like the two center backs touched the ball a thousand times, but well, it's it it seemed very much so like that just, there wasn't any kind of anything going forward. There's yeah, very little going forward. And then Miriam came on and then there seemed to be more going forward, but still not that much. Our, our heat map blob does, does not extend as far forward as Minnesota's heat map blob, which, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical about heat maps, but you do see uh, two very bright line, uh, bright, bright spots where, where Marcel Silva and Justin Glad played and Aaron Herrera. Um, mm-hmm. looking at the, the number of touches across the team, um, we just didn't get the ball forward very well. Like, uh, Albert Usnack had just 36 touches across the game compared to say Krylik had 43 Anderson Julio had just 19. Of course he was subbed. So there's at least a little complication there in the stat. Um, but you get back to our midfield and we're 50 to 70, uh, Herrera led the pack. If you could say that. With yep. 84 touches. Anyway, what you do with those matters a lot more than than getting them, but, mm-hmm. but it at least gives you a sense of the the tempo and tone of the game. And it was, you know, once again, like we struggled to involve attacking players in a significant way. And I'd also say, like, it's funny because Albert Rusnak had his best game all season and uh still struggled to get involved. <sighs> Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll get into some of the other Albert stuff, I guess, in a bit. But yeah, I don't know what else. Other news. Let's do that before we get to the rest of the Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, this was another game that Albert failed to make an impact in. Um, Had a chance early on that he missed badly uh, from the. From the left side, left, his, yeah, our left side that he 
went very far to the right. Um, <laughs> and then I don't know what he was doing the rest of the game. Uh, it wasn't great. And then Lucas decided to make a little tweet thread on Monday or Tuesday. I don't know what day that was. I think it was Tuesday. Lucas, tell us about your tweet thread and what did it contain? And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had kind of been saving this stat of breaking down basically Bruce Neck's salary per game, um, hoping to apply that to a shot or a goal um, to be like, all right, so that sh- that goal cost RSL $400,000 or something like that. But <laughs> goals yeah. have not come. And so I put it out and essentially said um, – like, what is he doing to justify his inclusion in this team? Because I don't see it. I don't think the stats back it up. I don't think he passes the eye test. Um, got some feedback from the club that they were not particularly pleased about that take and that Freddie had been very, like, forthcoming about the positives he saw in inverse Knack. Um, so there was a media availability later that day around noon, and I joined that. And I asked Freddie that, um, thinking he would not be reading my social media, and that was a wrong assumption. Uh, so I he think just was. followed Lucas. So. Yeah. So should we? Should I just read his answer? Uh, yeah, should, let's should do I just that. That's this? great. Okay. So <laughs> Lucas said Albert Rusnak has received. Well, we criticism. should have Lucas read that part. Yes, read yourself, Make it Lucas. Real, like stage production. Oh, okay, I'll be Freddie. You be Lucas. Lucas. I don't have it pulled up. Uh, okay, well, oh, this is unbelievable. This is the how nature un- of this podcast. How unprofessional do we look right now? Um, this is about as unprofessional as usual. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty standard fare for yeah, us, okay. so that's fine. Yeah, it's all, it's um, all while good. we're waiting for that, uh, I do see your cat in the background, Trevor. How's your cat? You see my cat in the background? Yeah, oh, you probably licking, do. It's licking itself, it's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, he is. Look at that cute cat. That is his chill spot. He just chills on that corner of the bed. Just chills out where he relaxes and chills. Yeah. He always, like, I mean, you guys have cats. He always has to be no. in the same room as me, and that's his I favorite spot. None of oh, us have cats. Oh, I think Lucas does. Lucas yeah. has a cat. There you go. Look at that. Look at that cute cat. Okay. Yeah, Lucas, did you find your smart. question? I did. Um, and I would be happy to ask it once I set my computer back down. I'm sure enough, my cat. <laughs> Worth it okay. to see the cat. <clears throat> Freddie Albert Rusnak has received criticism from both fans and some media but you've been very positive about him and and have said that he's doing well in the things that you've asked from him what specifically are those things that you've asked of him and what are the positives you're seeing from him on the field and how do you maximize his play during games real quick before you go Kyle I just want to yeah. emphasize that Lucas asked for specifics in his question, he asked for, like, at the end, he asked for two or three very specific pieces of information. Yeah. And it's also worth noting that when you tweeted those things um, and you talked to the club in reference to your tweet, you um, you were told explicitly that he is doing the things that he's been asked to do really well. And so the natural line of question is questioning is, what are those things? Because none of us seem to know what those things are that he's doing really well, unless he's being explicitly asked to to not make an impact on the game which would be silly and i don't think that's what what the deal is so freddie said 
So that Lucas, mind you're one of the smartest response. people I've ever encountered, and you know soccer. So, oh wait, sorry. I'm. This is what I think about Lucas. <laughs> I sorry. That's not Freddie. Freddie said, Lucas, one of those negative guys has been you on Albert. <laughs> I would hope that you would be a little more positive in that. And I'm assuming you would understand soccer. So I probably wouldn't have to even answer this question if you understood more about it. Um, the other, the, the other, this isn't, this isn't Freddie speaking. Do you remember the other day when somebody criticized Adrian Heath and he was like, you Americans don't know anything about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> or football or whatever. obsessed with substitutes yeah. yeah same thing nobody criticized adrian heath they were just like hey what about your substitutes or you know no, that's just like right. lucas hey can you tell me this specific thing that's right it's not even fair to, to levy a critique that this wasn't critique like lucas was literally just asking essentially i was told earlier that he's being asked to do things and he's doing that well could you tell me what those things are <laughs> and he said that I wouldn't even have to answer this question if you understood more about it, it being soccer. I see a hardworking captain. I see a person who sets set the standard for the group that came in at the beginning of the year. I see a guy that gets the ball in areas and is very good with it. He's continued to push and helping the group in many, many ways. <laughs> many, many ways. <laughs> Um, do I want every single one of our attacking players to score and assist? Of course we do. Every single coach in the world wants that from his players. But I don't base Albert on just that. It's the icing on the cake. It's also how you win a game, though. Um, I like the habits that he has. It's the first time in a long time that we've had wingers that get back and return and get back and then counterattack the other way with pace. A lot of unselfish play. And it's not just from Albert. Our wingers, when we when we want them to tackle, to press, to get the ball, and to make runs behind. These are all things that we are seeing from Albert. Um, citation needed. The training habits from day to day, coming in at 7.15 in the morning at the same time as staff, he's leading the way. I'm sorry if he can't make you happy with a lot of goals and assists. <laughs> that is such a funny thing to say, and then not in like a he's being funny that's just like a hilariously weird thing to say we definitely are trying on that that's where what every single one of our players the more goals our players get the better our team and i think there's one thing we've really been focusing on and that isn't it no one is bigger than the team we can't depend on just one player we have to depend on the collective that's what rsl really relies on in their years of glory was that the team is the star We've finally gotten to that at, <laughs> at this point and we'll continue to push that because RSL has to be that. So for me, I think it's wrong to just put all the pressure on Albert. Whatever stuff you want to put on as far as salary is concerned, anyone has the right to earn whatever they think they deserve at work. It's for none <laughs> of us to judge on that. It's for me to judge that he's part of the team. And I hope you would do the same thing and back him up in that because he cares about the team and comes in and puts in the work for the group. And we respect Albert and that's why he earned the captaincy. You didn't ask why he earned the captaincy, though. You didn't also, also in your question, you didn't mention that he hasn't scored any goals or assists. You just asked, like, what's no. keeping him on the field? Is, yeah. is that right, or did I miss that part? No. I mean, he's definitely... I, I thought it was funny that Freddie just, like, started harping on he doesn't score or assist at all. Yeah, he's definitely responding to my tweet and not really my question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, like, one of the most surprising things is, like, being told I should support Albert like that's not my job. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I would love for him to do well, but I feel like my my job in that space is to be critical and talk about what's going on with the team, not like negative about it, but 
when a player is you're literally well. just being realistic about what we're seeing and like we know he's i mean we can do all this the team is the star and that's always been the motto or whatever um he's also the by far the most uh expensive player in rsl history especially compared to the era of when quote the team is the star because we couldn't afford or didn't want to buy players like albert for his price tag so yeah um, i mean he's in 2.35 million a year and krylock who is way more productive on and off the field it seems is in a full million dollars less and he's an excellent player right and then uh, yeah in that same almost range is uh, our young designated player, but uh, who who is having similar productivity numbers to Rusnak this year, believe it or not. What, Jason Ramirez? Is that who we're talking about again? Yeah, it's a joke, Trevor. <laughs> it's a joke because he hasn't played for RSL other than uh, preseason. He does have more goals on the season. That is that true. Is true. <laughs> so he, he is earning his, his keep. Okay, He's so a few things. Um, really, 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 really don't like when coaches uh, start out by insulting the intelligence of people who are just asking questions that are very uh, straightforward questions and um, very valid questions for what we're seeing on the pitch. Um, and they're questions that are straight up just like, hey, you said this. Can you clarify more? It's like, can you give like, me examples of what you're seeing? Because yeah, I like, am not seeing it and no one else I know is seeing it. And like literally no one except for you guys is seeing what we, you say you're seeing. So tell me what that is, because after every single game, you seem so pleased with the performance of the boys. But we have gotten four points out of the last like five home games. I can't uh, whatever. What are we at now? Five out of it's, four. Five, five, five points, points at, four, four home games. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is almost 25% of those home games, right? That we'll play this year. Um, and yeah. if you extrapolate that, it's really bad. I don't think that'll stick, but you never know. Uh, yeah, that I don't think so either. Slightly ahead of 2005. Was it, no, 2007. So in terms yeah. of uh, points per game, but behind every other year at home. So, so pretty good, you mean? Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that. So man and okay yeah so. at, at the end of the day the other thing is like again freddie didn't answer the questions i mean he said that like albert's a hard worker and he shows up early and that seemed to be like his justification for including albert in the squad and like that's not good enough and he said he's pleased with how our wingers play not just albert saying that they come back on defense um which is good, and then says that they're able to counterattack. Uh, but again, but not. N- <laughs> he said he specifically said like counterattack with speed, and I'm trying to remember the last time that like Albert was a involved in one of our counterattacks, and I can was tell you it was that uh, it was that Dallas game that he was it Dallas four, where he skied that one. one? Yeah, yeah. That he's, was the last he's time not, I remember. He's not our speedy counterattacking guy that's not who he, like we've got three right. or four other guys that do that and he doesn't lead that and if he ever is involved he's one of the guys bringing up the rear like he's not the fast guy anymore nope absolutely not so, so i don't think that even freddie's evaluation on some of his platitudes are good like I, I, he's yeah, not true to me, it feels like 
I think when a player is playing like this, there's a couple different ways you can handle it. One is bench him. Two is back him. And it feels like Freddie is trying really hard to back Albert. And that's like admirable, but if it's getting to the point where it feels disingenuine, uh, disingenuous and that I just don't like Do some Freddy of these statements that he makes like don't seem to match yeah. reality. Yeah, it feels like it literally feels like gaslighting watching Albert and then hearing Freddie talk about like what he what he thinks and sees. I'm like, we cannot be watching the same game and we cannot be like, I mean, yeah, we don't need some like we can measure Paolo Ruiz's impact on the game, not through goals and assists. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's in a more defensive position, but we can see that he's having an impact on the game. I literally do not see the impact that Albert is having on the game at all that could not be done better by someone like Justin Miram. In fact, that we've seen be done better by Justin Miram when he's subbed in or even when he has started those couple games. So, like, <laughs> it's, I, it's, yeah, like you said, it's like, feels very disingenuous. And he can, I, don't, I expect him to go to bat for his guys, but for him to just like, be a jerk to you for no reason it felt very mike pecky ish i'm just like dude come on yeah like it, you don't have to do you don't have to talk like that to defend your guys like you can go to bat for them and i expect the coach to go to bat for his guys but like you do not have to have like i that just seems indicative to me of how how like easy rsl coaches etc have gotten away over the years that they have faced very little criticism from like local media in a lot of cases uh where they're able to just like get stupid questions forever like oh did you sign sergio aguero or did you try to like (laughs) yeah like i i mean (laughs) you're not you shouldn't have an antagonistic relationship with the press but you also need to have an honest one and not a completely useless one that are just regurgitating the information that you give them i don't want the reporters that follow this team to just be extended pr arms of real salt lake like that's not what i'm interested in especially when the team is bad Especially when the team is like, bad. The, like the team is not great right now. If we're ever going to be critical of the team, like it's very easy to be critical right now and to be like fair about it yeah. and be critical. And we're about like, to be really fair to another part of the team right after we are done talking about this that I and be very complimentary toward. So we should be critical of the things that deserve criticism and our performance in the last uh, four home games. Is, is worthy of some criticism i i think we would all agree so yeah i mean i don't like i don't want to just harp on all the negatives for rsl um you like weren't this, this, uh, yeah <laughs> the other i don't feel like i'm that guy i was told that i was that guy which was like really surprising to hear um but it's like i just want to understand what the mindset is like what is freddie trying to accomplish with Roosnack? And I felt like the answer I was given was like, you're stupid to ask. (laughs) And um, (laughs) he works hard and like hard work is great. But if it's not paired with results, I mean, I know this is not a direct correlation because he is on a different level, but like Messi is that player that runs the least in all of La Liga. He's not working the (laughs) hardest, but you know, he still manages to be very productive. 
Well, I mean, we've had players in the past that work very hard and are very bad players. Dan Wyman. Uh, <laughs> Luke Mulholland? That's exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yes. I withdraw my point. <laughs> like, they, like, working hard is good and great, but at the end of the day, like, you need to contribute things to the team. And the place, the position that Rusnak has on the field is one that has tangible, like, things that we can analyze and say he's doing enough of. Goals and assists is one of them. And the feeling that I got from Freddie was that it seemed like he was stuck on the goals and assists thing, that he thought that, because he hasn't scored any goals or gotten any assists that we think that like, that's the only thing to measure him by. And it's not to be fair. There's a lot of other things that he does, but all of those things are also things that can be measured. And you can point at and say, he's doing X, Y, and Z well. And none of those things are things that he's doing well. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. So one, before we move on to the next piece of this topic, I've been looking at, at uh, Albert Rusnak's numbers, because like, I, I think we are right to think about the things we can measure. Um, so he's, uh, he's got 1.2 key passes per game, which is um, it's, it's more than most on the team, certainly. Um, but if you look across the league, he's like 134th in that metric. Um, you have to subtract some of those because they're, they're very small numbers. Um, players that come on late, get one key pass, tend to be overvalued. But you have someone like, uh, is it Carles, Car- Carles Gill? Somebody pronounce that name for me. Carlos Carles Heel. Heel, thanks. Nice. Uh, he's got like eight key passes a game, um, which is tremendous. Like that's, those yeah, are unusual that's numbers. Very but, good you numbers. Know, two, three, four is not unusual for a playmaker in this league. It's starting to feel like the expectation that he's a playmaker is the wrong one. And I, yeah. I'm a little troubled by that. Um, yeah. One, because when we put him on the wing, like we know he's going to bring something different to that role. And we yeah. accept that, right? Um, but Rusnak himself said that that the team only has one play, one midfielder that can play on the wing. And that's him. So if you're if you're intentionally putting a midfielder in that position, uh, you've got to be doing it for a good reason. Um, and there could be lots of good reasons, um, but I, it's not like leading to results. It's not leading to like good numbers. It's just mediocre. But like, that's we could take bad numbers and good results, or we could take good numbers and bad results and understand that things will level out. But what we have num- now is bad numbers and mediocre to bad results. But this is this is the <sighs> whole problem that I have with Freddie's answer is Lucas was saying, tell us what you're grading him on. Like what scale, what what's his grading system? It's obviously not goals and assists because he's not getting any and he's still playing. So what are you looking for from him? And I mean, he and kind of about him mentioned being the captain, but like, what is he? You said you're asking him to do specific things and he's good at those, at those things. So what are those things? Yeah. And he didn't really give an, I mean, he did mention like counterattacking, but again, if that's what he's there for, he's not really good at that either. And then what happens when we have possession for the majority of the game? Like some, a lot of these home games that we've blown the game in, we can't be counterattacking when we have 70% possession. Like that's not, it's, yeah. it's very, it's going to be few and far between. So what's he doing in those games? But like you're saying, Trevor, it's like, I, I mean, 
like you're, you're you say that you're asking him to do these things and he's doing them well or maybe you're asking him to do the wrong things because what's the where's the payoff been it's not in results it's not in him any type of uh, meaningful production that we know of unless he's tracking some insane advanced stats like some of those nba stats like raptor or whatever they're called but it's like yeah what is the what are we what are we talking about here i have no even, idea even if it was advanced stats i would hope that he would be able to say something i'm mean, maybe not get super specific but at least be like look there's a lot of analytics that we do and there's a lot of advanced stats that we look at and he's hitting the metrics and all of those stats all the time <laughs> yeah. that yeah. answer would be better than you're an idiot if only yep. you knew more about soccer i wouldn't have to answer you know what i mean like yeah tell us give us more info we're asking for more information give us more information because what we have is all points to rusnak being not good enough and worthy of criticism and unless you can Mm -hmm. tell us that he's not worthy of criticism because of a b and c he's going to continue to be criticized you're going to continue to get asked questions about it i mean there's a lot going on with him right now right like his the salary dump came out and he was far and away the highest paid player this year taking the captain's armband so he's effect like effectively replacing kyle beckerman who is a legend here and he was also brought in to place javier morales like another really one of three players that were you know most loved in this club's history he's now kind of taking up the mantle of two of them and he just hasn't endeared himself to the fan base the way those players had um but someone on Twitter said, you know, if he wasn't paid so much, like none of us would really be as bothered by like these bad stats. Like he was saying they were bad stats, but I also don't think that that's really true. It's not just salary. It's not just the captain's armband. It's at the end of the day. Like I don't see him. I don't see him as a guy on the field trying to get other players up and pushing and leading the charge the way I'm yeah. told he is. You can yeah. look at Michael Chang as a player that did that last year, right? Um, yeah. That is not well paid. Six assists, pretty good. Um, best on the team. Um, yeah. But like, didn't put up amazing numbers other than that. And uh, he didn't get nearly the same criticism because he produced and showed something. So let's yeah, add I mean, some context to this conversation. Sorry, Trevor, go on. I was just going to say the salary is like a part of it, but the salary isn't the reason that Albert's getting criticism. Right. Like we criticize, I mean, Luke Mahon is the first one that comes to my mind that was like not on a lot of money. And we criticized the hell out of that guy. We cri- we've criticized a lot of players. We've had a lot of bad players over the years and we've talked about how they're bad and how they're not helping the team. And this is probably the first one that we've been able to point to a salary and be, and be able to say he's not good enough for this salary. Yeah, That's not like the we only we piece of the puzzle. Corey Baird's salary last year. Yeah, like we. Yeah, we, yeah. the salary is a yeah. piece of the puzzle, and it's a big one because it's a big salary. But even if he was making seven hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, way less, he still wouldn't be that good of a player. He's still mm-hmm. just a body on the field that <laughs> touches the ball occasionally and doesn't really affect the play offensively and doesn't also really affect the play defensively in very positive, meaningful, impactful ways. Right. So let's, let's add some context to this conversation. Um, yesterday, no, this morning, oof, it's been a long day. Jazz game, 
RSL is yes. breaking. Um, the the UEFA Euro 2020 taking place in 2021, <laughs> of course. Um, squads were announced, made official. I killed Trevor, which is fine. Um, I forgot that this happened. I'm so happy yeah. again. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Um, so the, the squads came out and after weeks of everyone saying Albert Rusnak will make the Slovakia squad, you're all squawking about nothing. Yeah, we were told like they were he and Greg Goosh of Minnesota United were left off the initial roster. Yeah. And we were told notably by Brian Dunseth and Tom Hackett were saying on Twitter that after the game, the Minnesota RSL game on Saturday, the one that just happened you'll see them ship off to the euros. Like that's just what's going to happen. We're like, okay, that, I guess that makes sense. I have no reason to think that's not the case. So half of that came true. Uh, and, and Greg <laughs> yeah. was called up. Um, but notably, Albert Rusnak was left off uh, and is not going to the euros, which we'd all assumed was a foregone conclusion for a year plus. Right. Yep. Um, Cause he's been part of all the qualifiers so far. And, and started in most of them it's really interesting because uh i think this may explain some of the things and you know let's talk about that and i i want to tell somebody else to talk but i don't want to choose somebody so somebody else isn't the quick explain explain what things are you talking about what do you mean probably freddie's reaction right yeah freddie's reaction like reaction of the club surely he knew yesterday yeah that uh, Rusnak was not being called into the national team. And so to me, that points to he's kind of protecting his player, speaking well of his player at a time when that player is probably hurting. Like that, that's a that's a gut punch to find out your national team that you've been a pretty key part of for a while is not taking you to the Euros, which is the probably, second biggest tournament these teams ever compete these yeah, national teams compete in it's probably like would be the biggest tournament of his national team career that he would yep. has a chance to play in and he doesn't get that now yeah so um <laughs> yeah it's it's just like the timing of that is really really strange it was strange how it was like a foregone conclusion that he'd be going we were told and then mysteriously just left off the first roster and then the second one while Grey Goose got sent. And I think that's pretty indicative of the fact that Slovakian Football Association is kind of seeing what we're seeing here. I mean, clearly we're on the same soccer intelligence level, I think. I think it's fair to say that's the Slovakian FA and us are one in one in the same, one of the same mind. But yeah, like they're not seeing the things that are supposedly that make Albert so valuable on the field. I, I I've watched some of Slovakia's games. Albert plays on the wing for them as well. Um, as a whole, Slovakia isn't a super impressive national team. They struggled to be, was it Macedonia? Did they t- draw Macedonia? They, they took a tie against Cyprus and oh, Cyprus, against Malta. Malta. Oh, yeah. Both they, like tiny, tiny countries. I'm honestly surprised they, 
it's really hard not to qualify for the Euros when you're playing teams like that, but they almost pulled it off. So I was like thinking that the only way I thought Albert was not going to go is if the whole Slovakian national team didn't go. At least they didn't um, have to face Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, the Titans. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're lucky they're not in CONCACAF. Um, yeah, so... Uh, like I don't think any of us are like throughout the entire time and all the time we've been critical of Albert, especially like most recently, but stemming from like, I've talked about this before. Like, I don't think any of us are like relishing in the fact that he's been bad for us. It's just like, we know he can be better. And I just always think about when he was on Nadam's podcast and Nadam was telling him to his face that he knows he can be better. And if you have goals to be playing, in UEFA Champions League or in the Euros, you have to be better. And he hasn't been. So, like, Nedum was telling him that. And he's only gotten worse since Nedum told him that. His production has gone down in all categories and he's less involved than he has ever been. And I don't know. This is just what happens, I guess, when you aren't playing well. And, like, it sucks. You also make a ton of money. So, <laughs> I mean, like... You can wipe away some tears with some freaking racks, but like still, Kyle, it's like he has the right to wipe away his tears with racks of money. I, he absolutely does, and I think he should do that. I think he should, he should get in his car. He should turn on Taking Back Sunday and that gigantic G wagon, and he should go scream out his feelings because that's what I would do. But I, I think there's a little bit of context that sure might be valuable here i was just looking it Please. up slovakia um like you said they're not really like a european powerhouse i don't think anybody's under any aspersions that they are this yeah. would have been their second or will be their second ever time appearing in the euro tournament yeah. um, the first one being in 2016 so <clears throat> for albert on like a personal level like I'm sure it hurts very much for him yeah, to not be part sucks. of this it's huge for their country they're just now getting to be i mean they were in in 2016 now they're in in 2020 and this was their second appearance uh in the euro so him not being there i'm sure is absolutely crushing for him absolutely i do have sympathy for him on that level like that i'm sure hurts a whole lot Mm -hmm. but there's something to be said about players that face criticism that face tough stretches that face slumps and like the way that they respond to those and like you said, Natives podcast, that kind of that conversation, great players, Champions League level players, players that MVP of the league, those guys bounce back from that kind of stuff and they come back stronger. They come back knowing, well, next time I'm going to make it so hard that they can't go to the Euros without me. And I don't know that we're I mean, obviously this weekend or last weekend probably wasn't the best time to judge his reaction to that, but going forward I would hope that he uses that as motivation, as fuel to be a much better player and just use it as like yeah. a wake up call. Like realize Agreed. that he put himself in this position over with his play over the last year or two or three. And if he wants to be that player that he says he deserves to be, he needs to be better. And yeah. I hope That's that this serves well as said. motivation for him and it just doesn't turn into sad sack snack for the next several years. Sad sack, snack. Yeah, I certainly hope we don't see just him get even worse out of this. Like, yeah, that would be and not it, ideal. This is kind of the first time he's really faced this, right? Like, yeah. Um, and 
kind of simultaneous to this is Slovakia is struggling in their World Cup qualifying so far. Like drawing Cyprus and Malta, uh, those are two almost gimmies. They should be. Beating Russia helps, right? Like that even sings out a little bit. But they're going to, I mean, they're in a, a touchy position. Um, and after they missed out on World Cup qualify, you know, World Cup qualification before, like it, it yeah, I I don't envy the like the Slovakian national team by any means. Same, yeah. All right, so so as we kind of bring this back around, um, sure. The the big question that we probably all have that I know Trevor has, and he asks it all the time: Why do we have to continue talking about Albert Rusnak? <laughs> And I mean, this is like an actual serious question, though. Like, like, should we continue to, like, be critical of his on-field and off-field performances? Or, like, do we just give him a free pass for the rest of the year? This is where I think the salary kind of comes in. At the beginning of the season and earlier, it was mostly about, like, it was a salary thing. Like, he's the highest paid player. He got made the captain. The team put him in that position. Right. So the team has to accept it. If he doesn't, if he's not the best player on the team, then he's going to face criticism. Right. So the team kind of put him, put him out there and said, you know, that's the reason we started talking about him at the beginning of the season was because of what the team did at this point. Yeah. I mean, we could probably stop talking about him um, because it's shown that like, he's not that guy, but like, as long as the team keeps him in that kind of position, like we're going to keep talking about him because we have to, he's the captain. He's the highest paid player on the team. And on top of those two things, he's one of the major weak links of this team. Like just with his play on the field, just with the, by whatever metric you use to, to study players, he's a weak link and you're going to criticize the weak link, whether it's Luke Mulholland or whether it's Michael Chang or whether it's Corey Baird or, or whoever you're going to criticize the weakest players and he's that now. So there's a lot going against him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've said it a couple times. I wish we could stop talking about him, but until he's not the captain, until he's not the highest paid player and until he's not the weak link, we're going to keep talking about him. And until he's not like, I mean, w- what's imminent is that he's also likely going to be taking up the spot of people who are theoretically challenging him for that spot. And like he's going to get there's going to be even more pressure as we talk about like these new signings that are coming in for him to be performing because he literally has to be earning that spot on the field. And there needs to be something that they're actually (laughs) being able to point to saying, yeah, he deserves to be on the field instead of, you know, Bobby Wood instead of Joni Menendez. Like he there needs to be something there and the pressure is just going to be building. So we're going to have to keep talking about him as long as he keeps getting starts ahead of people. I feel like would be better on the field. Like if he made the same money right now as uh, Justin Miram, if they were equal, I would still say that Justin Miram should probably be on the field instead of Albert. Like that's just, he's been better. He's he's just been better. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Euros were a real chance to see the team without Albert and maybe he comes back with some more confidence, but there's a lot of yeah. new signings coming in and you know, maybe that solves the question of who do you bring in off the bench? But if it's Albert, that's always starting and he's in the same form, then 
you can't have a team with 10 good players and one who just is there because he's paid a lot or because he yeah. works hard. Yeah. Cause he shows up when the staff does. Yeah. So right after, should we talk how this, the next news came to be? Yeah. Let's, let's so, move into news now. <laughs> literally like within 30 minutes of it really breaking that, um, I think Mitch of the RSL show was the first person I saw point out the fact that Albert was missing from the roster. Same. And the replies seemed to indicate that everyone else was also seeing that for the first time. And then once like actual media people uh, that work in like, I mean, I consider Mitch a media people, but he's, you know, just hanging out in Portland to doing Portland stuff. Um, but when Being like an journal- things like that. Yeah, more. <laughs> that's right. When he's busy doing riots in Portland, um, uh, when like local journalists started picking it up and like saying, "Oh yeah, he's he's not there," um, that news was like instantly washed away within like minutes because all of a sudden, I think Spence Checkets broke the news that RSL had signed a center back, and it is Tony Dodkovich out of uh he's been playing in second in the second division in spain um but he's croatian and he's friends with demir krylock and his nickname is sicario so (laughs) that's pretty cool (laughs) and he's a left-footed center back and um comparing the goodbyes and the sadness i saw on uh response to his leaving of his club versus um, the next signing is kind of night and day. Like people were very sad to see uh, um, our boy Tony, our new boy Tony, sweet sweet Tony. Tony with leaving. an eye, by the way. Tony, yeah, that's right. But it's always good to have a Tony in the back line. That it is. That is working well for this team. <laughs> that was my number one that. takeaway from this signing was we've got a Tony on the back line again. We're set. Yeah. So this is, it appears to be a good, a really good signing. Um, I mean, we'll see, hopefully he gets here soon and fits in with the squad well, but did he, has he played with Demir or is he just friends with Demir? I think he's just friends. Yeah. I glanced and I couldn't tell. Let me pull up transfer market while we're talking because it sounds like Elliot Paul indicated that he has played with him. I couldn't figure out when that would have been, so I'm just going to pull them both up here. No, uh, you know, at, by the way, like, oh, here we go. Tool. Hang on, let me do some quick. Is the pressure they say? Because it feels like they would cover that. Seven to thirteen. I mean, Crowley's only played for three teams, right? Wow. Oh, it was that. Okay, it was at Rajika. their first. Yeah, they went through the same academy, and their first team oh. was Rajika, and they were at there for one or two years together. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, 2007, 2008. That Kovic is quite a bit younger. He's five years younger than... Yeah, he's only 27. So. Yeah, this team, uh, Rajika, he yeah, played Alex, until 2014. Demir was there for, until 2013. Yeah. So Alex Vejar of the Salt Lake Tribune pointed out that um, all these new signings are under 30, which I cannot remember the last time all, all of RSL's new signings were not 32 plus yeah isn't that wild like just the way things shifted immediately when Deloitte Hansen was out of the picture yeah and like maybe that's not the reason 
So maybe it was. What? It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, to I know. mean that that really is a great point. Like Tony, like Tony Dadkovich only being twenty-seven, uh, and then we have Joni Menendez, who was officially announced during halftime of the of the um, Minnesota game. Yeah, he's twenty-seven uh, as well. And is Bobby Wood twenty-seven too, or is he twenty-nine? I thought he was twenty-eight. I think twenty-eight. Oh, geez, um, he was born in 90. Oh, he's 28. Yeah, 28. you're right. So we got we just signed two 27 year olds and a 28 year old. Uh, and and it's also worth noting that Bobby Wood is in town, um, and is doing the the quarant- He's quarantining. Um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think we can expect probably both Joni Menendez and Bobby Wood to be available for that uh, Vancouver game on the 18th. So, I think so I think that would make sense. Or Wood no? arrived. To Salt Lake today, and uh, Menendez will join the team later in the international break. So it's unlikely that he'll be fit, that he'll be like integrated by that point. But do you think we can expect to see Bobby though? Probably. (laughs) Nice special correspondent. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's cool, man. There's enough time for him to. I mean, he played not all that long ago. Hopefully, his fitness is decent, but. Yeah. And like, this is like something that I think Elliot Fall in particular deserves a lot of credit for. Like I, the fact that we have signed this many players, I mean, these three guys play, I know none of these guys, three guys have played yet, um, but they all appear to be, I mean, I think Bobby Wood has the potential to be a really good signing. I think Joey Mendez, I'm not sure yet. I think he could be really good. Not sure. Um, but the fact that we have a 27 year old center back who, uh, you know, by all accounts is good. And we've obviously added Rubio Rubin, all of these signings taking place under the fact that we don't really have an owner. And Elliot, I am assuming is doing this with the like allotted budget that took, that was allotted for this year, maybe before the Deloitte stuff. I'm not quite sure how that works, but very stoked and impressed that he was able to uh, do all of this. I think it's great. I'm very surprised and pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that the weakest point on the field was center back, especially with all these attackers already known to be coming in, and that that is kind of solved now. And they didn't just let, you know, Silva and Glad go the whole season with Holt and, as a backup and Beasley yep. as the emergency Which they could have. We could have we could have played another season with Silva starting all year next to Glad and using Holt when we needed to. Yeah, um, and that would have been very not good. And yeah, Elliot deserves a lot of credit for getting the right pieces in place. We'll see if they work out, but I'm excited about this roster. I think it's actually looking pretty well built. It is interesting that we, so we had heard another center back name floating around and I like literally had never, this didn't get leaked at all by anyone. Um, even though, and it's funny comparing it to like, I can't remember who pointed it out on Twitter. Like if he had, if this had been like South American press, we would have heard this like a month ago or something, but this just came out of complete nowhere. Like it got announced by Spence Checkets on Twitter um seemingly at an opportune time when the club needed uh, some good news but like uh and then the club officially announced him like just within a couple hours after that it was nuts so love to see and hear that because uh i love a surprise signing like this this is great 
I mean, it should be noted that like today was the last day of the like incoming transfer window or something for the Just beginning when of the season. Deals needed to be done though, but they didn't yeah. need to necessarily be announced by then. Yeah, right. But I mean, we knew that if there was going to be a center back signing, we would know about it soon, or we mm-hmm. would know that we were not getting one until the summer. So good for Elliot getting it done at this point instead of waiting until the summer because that would have been really rough. But yeah, he. I mean. To kind of what you build on what you said, there were several concerns going into this season that we talked about back in January and February about the roster, about what our concerns were and where we needed to get players. And I think we probably signed one or two wingers more than like we needed. But <laughs> besides that, like we definitely hit all the spots. We've made signings in all the parts of the field that we needed signings and and this kind of completes that. So when's the last time we had a left footed center back? Uh, Hamasin Olave was left footed. Is no? he? I have no I clue. I think so. Um, Kyle, for, for those of I us who know. may not know very much about soccer, um, <laughs> tell us, tell us what us. the benefits of a left footed center back are. It's just, uh, you know, when, you know, when you try to kick a ball and you, tend to do it with one of your feet yes sometimes some people do it with a different foot than the one that you might do it with and that's okay and we accept all people you know regardless of which which foot they kick a ball with but sometimes it provides a bit of a different perspective in uh maybe a diversity of opinion one might say with uh, having a player that prefers maybe the left foot instead of the right foot you know Matt, um, I really wish you knew more about soccer so we wouldn't have to answer these questions. Yeah. Uh, I wish you hadn't asked me that. If you if you had been paying attention all this time, if you played as much FIFA as me, you would know. You'd understand. You'd understand. If you'd been if you'd been digging into the custom tactics and you're deciding, oh, am I gonna play Tapsuba at right center back, or am I gonna play Varane at left center back, or am I gonna play Mbabu, who's a right back? Should I play him at center back because he's so dang big? Maybe. You know, you might you might have considered these things. Yeah, but, I usually play and, like a two, five, three. It's really chaotic, <laughs> and I never play been, online. So I, I do play a three, five, two. Oh, uh, nice. Wait, a three. It's more like a three, two, three, two. Actually, yeah, beautiful. Three, two. I play like a three, two, three, two. It's chaos. I love it. Um, every goal, every game ends uh, with a score of eight to nine, generally. Um. But yeah, so that's the benefit. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't think I I can't remember the last time we had like a left footed dominant center back. I like a maybe I could literally can't think of one. Was Natum left footed? No, I don't think so. I swear, like this is what's bugging me. I swear we've had one in the last like five or six years, and I'm trying to rack my brain for who it was, and I don't remember. Yeah. Oh well. In any case. I'm really, I'm really, uh, really stoked. I watched, uh, Jake Simons posted his highlight video, which has good music as well. Of course, um, on, uh, on YouTube, he posted on Twitter and it's, uh, it's a good video. He, he honestly looks, looks really good. And they're, they're sad to see him go over there at whatever Spanish club he's at in converse, uh, converse with, uh, Johnny Menendez departure from Independiente where they're, uh, they're all coming over. All their fans are going to Real Salt Lake telling us like 
accept this grenade that we've sent you because it's going to blow up and he's awful. But yeah, do you, you know, know I haven't really followed that before. <sighs> yeah, well, do you yeah. know why that is? I haven't really followed that. I mean, Cheeky was kind of talking about it. He said, like, Latin American fans, like, get that way with players. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I mean, I didn't, like, I would never have had the thought to go to uh, LAFC's, like, Twitter account and be like, yeah, enjoy Corey Baird, you idiots. But then, obviously, <laughs> he has, like, four goals for them at this point, three goals or whatever. Oh, so, um, can he play right know. wing? Menendez or Corey Baird? Corey Baird. <laughs> who knows what he does, but he's doing he's doing well. But I don't know. Cheeky was kind of talking about it in Slack, but uh, I'm not sure why that is. I, I've seen that quite a bit just with, I mean, NBA fans are the same way. I think MLS fans are just kind of like stoked anytime any player signs anywhere that like we're just happy to get what we get at this point yeah. right now. So it yeah, doesn't I'm, matter. I'm not putting too much stock into soccer fan Twitter. Yeah, that has enough time on Twitter to like seek out whatever team in whatever other country signed a player that you don't like at the moment. Yeah, and like <laughs> exactly, that's a specific I, type of Twitter user that like. Eh, yeah, eh, it's it's it it's reminds fun, me similar to like. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if you saw during the Jazz game tonight. Anytime the Jazz posted like a tweet or a highlight of anything, there were a ton of comments, like instant like, tweets, instantly responding. No one's watching this game. Everyone's watching the Mavericks. It's like, why do you have tweet notifications on for the Jazz just to respond <laughs> saying no one's watching this game? Like it's yeah, really like, weird. That version <laughs> psycho that, behavior. That section of Twitter is a lot of fun, but it's should be ignored. I feel like. Yeah, it, it absolutely should be. So, so I, I mean, I have zero expectations. Um, I I still think this season uh, is a lot of house money, but I mean, we see the pieces that we have, and I'd like to see us do the best with the pieces we have. So um, expectations are rising with how we started out this season, and I think uh, I think we could be really good, especially if um, we figure out a way to play all these players together. Yeah, I but mean, as long as they we'll win. See. As and long also, as they win support, Supporter oh. Shield or MLS Cup, like it's fine. That's right. No big deal. Yeah. It's, that's it'll that's be fine the bar. If only as then. long as they do that, um, then they're okay. Yep, absolutely. Oh, we also heard the Everton Louise is likely going to be 100% by the time that oh. next game rolls around. Hold yeah, on, let me actually... add that to the, uh, to the notes. That was <laughs> my first question to Freddie, which was well-received, but he is... <laughs> Back in training at 100%. Um, and now it's just a matter of fitness. Yeah, I would expect that he's probably going to be maybe ready to go by the 18th. I mean, that's like it's three weeks away. So um, I don't know how long it takes these guys to get fit, but he I mean, has been out quite a while. So should be plenty of time. You'd think. All right. So before but we hey. get our next items, I just wanted to call attention to one stat as I kind of page through things um michael bradley famous creative player over in toronto okay i'm ready um, for this has I'm more excited. key passes per game than albert rusnak yes <laughs> yeah. That's what is bradley's salary it's a uh, lot <laughs> yeah it's a lot higher good yeah good to be point, fair it's like two and a half times rusnak yeah why it's still. so weird yeah all right, well, uh, two more news uh, items, and then we can wrap up. Speaking Sounds of Toronto, good. did you guys see uh, their backup goalkeeper's quote from today? 
No. no. What was that? Oh, he basically just like shit on his coach and was like, like we went from one style that was working to this completely different style. And I don't think it's working very well for us. That's Brother, not the you know, exact quote, but to it's do that. You wouldn't have had that problem last week. <laughs> Wait, is, is Chris Armas still their coach? Still? Yeah. He's their coach this season. He was hired this year and oh. they have been so he's wildly saying, underperformed. He's saying that, okay. He's saying that they switched from what they were doing last year. That was going well to this year to this year. And it doesn't seem to be going very well. And for some reason I was thinking Armas got hired last year, but it was Vanny before, right? I mean, it might have been. Yeah, it, it was going from Greg Vanny to Armas. I don't remember exactly when Armas was hired, but it's not going very well in Toronto land right now. Yeah, Greg Vanny was uh, really good for them. Speaking of Toronto, um, one of our last two news items, former Toronto fan favorite and Kyle's absolute favorite player, Ashton Morgan, has been called up to Team Canada. That's right. Our favorite Maple Boy. Good for him. I would wish we would play him ever other than just one time this season because <laughs> I think he, still think he's really good. And maybe I just don't know anything about soccer, but I would like to see him play because I think he's cool. I think he looks nice. I think he dresses well. And I think that has earned him a start because I don't know anything. And I think that's great. Who else, Matthew, earned a call up? Uh, Trinidad and Tobago's own Noah Powder. Uh, so nice. we're asking that two of our four now, potentially five, if we had two left backs, has earned a, a six. <laughs> Justin Glad can play left back. Anyway, one of our two of our left backs have earned call ups to their national teams. Uh, neither of these present any real problems for us, uh, which is kind Noah of funny. Powder, notably, also recently made his MLS debut in the same game that Ash Morgan was. That's on. right. That was interesting. So, but yeah. And that's yes, all we have on the docket, guys. I know. That was a we went a, we went a little long, but uh, I think it was warranted. I'm not sure what we're going to have to talk about over the next few couple weeks until uh until the games fire up again, but yeah, it was a pleasure, Lucas, special correspondent. Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry Freddie uh, doesn't like you, hates you, wishes you were not here anymore. But you you always have a place here uh, in in this Zencaster box. That's very kind of you. And before we do end, <laughs> I do want to recognize that uh, I really like the band on uh, Trevor's T-shirt. And it took me a long time to notice what, what band it was. Oh, every time I die, T. Huh? Yeah. Okay. It's funny that I'm wearing this shirt because you mentioned taking back Sunday earlier and that's the concert that I went to where these guys played and I bought this shirt. Oh, that, so. that's a funny coincidence. Wow. I think I was at that. That was a good show. It was a good show. Well, um, Matthew, any parting words? Dear Patriarch of the Pod? No. Okay, listen to Soapbox Stand Up. Listen to Soapbox Breakfast. Listen to this podcast as well. And... Go to rslsoapbox.com to check out all of the writings, ramblings of these two fine gentlemen and everyone else there that isn't Trevor and me because we just do this. Yeah. Good and night. we have fun. <laughs> good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. Uh, good night.